Do you believe in spirit animals? Because this is something that I feel about certain people. And I specifically feel this way about this lady coming up. Marie is just, she's really just amazing. Um, we originally connected on Facebook. I was looking for some podcast guests, which I currently still am. Um, but she reached out to me and said that she saw my post and wanted to tell me a little bit about, you know, like her journey as an entrepreneur. Uh, she is a mom. She has lots of experience, you know, in corporate, what I consider corporate America and knew that there was a problem in the field that she's currently in. And so she wanted to be able to change that and be able to facilitate the change. So I don't know if you know much about animal grooming, pet grooming. Um, I don't know a whole lot except for the fact that I've had animals and they've <laughs> needed to be groomed and that it's a very difficult job. So I was really interested in hearing a little bit about, you know, her business, what she does, how she got started, what she enjoys about it, maybe what she doesn't so much enjoy about it. And the things that she didn't enjoy about it are the things that she took into her own hands and changed. She now has her own business where she has several employees and she's consistently growing. And so I want you to hear her story. I want you to hear, you know, all of the inspiration and hope that it inspires you in some way today. Because I know that, you know, being an entrepreneur, especially on social media, looks cool and it looks badass, but it's really fucking hard work. And so I love hearing these stories from these powerful, powerful women like Marie. And I just can't wait to hear what you think. So without further ado, here is my guest, Marie Habecker. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Just Women Talking Shit with your host, Jacqueline Cotton. Jacqueline Cotton. Hey, Marie. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing fine. Doing fine. I got to say, I know that people in the podcast can't see this, um, but your decorations and stuff in the background are really pretty. Thank you. Full of mode. <laughs> well, what's your, like, what's, uh, what's the correct, it's not nationality. Uh, like, what's your heritage? Uh, so I'm, I'm Mexican Indian. I'm more Indian, um, but I'm a five-eighths Indian. Um, Mexican, I don't, <laughs> don't know for sure. I had to ask, is that, because is that like a, it looks like a dream catcher of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. My whole bedroom's done in um, Indian assortments. I guess marrow heads and arrows all over the place. So. How cool. Um, somebody made that for her. So she brought it to me. So. Who made it? Um, well, a friend of my mom's, he uh, lives in her apartment complex that she manages and he makes, hand makes. That uh, is so cool. Cause it's beautiful. Like it's yeah. absolutely beautiful. Uh well, what, um, tell me, first off, this is Marie, everybody. How do you say your last name? It's Hobbecker. Hobbecker. Yeah, I would have messed that up. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely would have fucked that up. <laughs> but I wanted, I wanted to have you on here. Uh, I know we connected through, I, did we connect through Women Helping Women Entrepreneurs? Do you know? Okay. Yeah. That seems to be where, where everybody's like finding, uh, finding the show, which is really awesome because it lets me know that it's getting out there, but I wanted to just get to know you today. I, like, this is the first time we've ever talked, true? 
Yeah. Besides, like, through Facebook Messenger. And you're relatively young, but you're an entrepreneur and a successful one at that. But I know there's, like, a story there as well. So can you tell us a little bit about, you know, like, where you're from? Um, I know you went to to school, like, college, right? And then that's, is that what made you go into the field that you're in now? Um. No, I was that kid that brought every animal home uh, and <laughs> begged me to stop. Uh, and I, I couldn't. I loved every, mostly dogs, but I, I loved every dog that I could possibly find. And I would just constantly bring them home. And my dad would be like, you literally have to stop. Um, and my mom would help me sneak them in sometimes. So I'd, I'd end up with an extra dog somewhere. But um, the, the love for animals has always been there. Um, when I was really young, I wanted to be a vet. But as I got older, I realized... Um, the emotional toll on that is just not something I can handle. Um, when our, when, you know, when my clients die, that is, there's several that affect me really hard for a really long time. Um, the ones that I'm really close to, there's no way I could be poking them and, and putting animals down and, and looking people and not just empathizing and bawling with them. So grooming seemed to be something that I could do that I got to spend time with them and love on them and still be of service to their owners, but not have to do a lot of the hard things. Not that grooming's easy, but dealing with the rest of it was just not something I could handle. Um, I can, <clears throat> I can completely relate to that. Like my stepson, and I know this is way, a little, it's different, but you'll get where I'm going. But like, you see, like on TV, like for me, I was big, especially when I was pregnant. I don't know what it is about being up in your hormones and watching Grey's Anatomy, but that was my shit, okay? And I'd sit there and cry, and I'm like, what am I crying? And then I'd watch some more and cry. But so, like, I had this idea that, you know, I would really love to, like, do something like that, help people in that way. And it sounds like you could do it based on, the like, watching it and all the emotions and, like, endorphins and all that shit firing off in your head. And when it comes down to it, there's no way I could do it. Because I was like, but two weeks ago, we were uh, out with um, my stepsons and my daughter and my husband and um, my daughter's dad passed away almost a couple years ago. So we celebrate his birthday every year and we were all doing it together. And my stepson, who's only four, was playing and having a good old time. And then our the oldest brings him over and says, Dad, there's something wrong with Lawson. And none of us knew it was happening. And he had hit his head. And... I knew right then I, I'm not cut out for this shit because I froze. Yeah. I froze. Like, and I just can't imagine. I don't know. I'm very, I'm an empath and like I absorb everybody's energy. You probably are too. <laughs> you carry, you carry on emotions big time. I could feel it. So yeah, I can imagine that would just shift everything for you because you can't, you can't go home being depressed all the time. Like there's, there's one dog I've lost. I still cry about him. Uh, <gasps> I'll see the that I had and I'll still just, I will lose it. And it's, I mean, it feels the same way, but um, there's just a few that are just so special to me. And it's, uh, and they all are at some level, but I mean, just like people, you connect more with certain animals than you do others. So. Yeah. I love animals, but I don't think I have like that strong connection with them. The way I see other people. I, I really only with dogs. I like cats. I like all animals. Um, but over time, I understand dogs. You know what you're getting with the dog. They're, they generally, surprise you yeah cats are weird <laughs> like rude <laughs> they're they're assholes <laughs> they it's like humans are at their disposal i've had cats um but okay so 
You decided to be a groomer. What did you go to? What did you go to school for? Did we talk about that uh, already? <laughs> so I went to Oklahoma State pre med. That lasted about half a semester. Um, I was not having any fun. That was just not fun at all. And I went to a really small school. So here I go to this giant university. Um, I graduated with eight people, sixty in my high school. So I walk into my first class at Oklahoma State, and I froze. And I, I panicked so hard. There was probably 45 people in this class and I was kind of coming in right at class time. Uh, and so I actually just turned around and walked out uh, because I was so overwhelmed. Uh, and I was just like, I was crying down the hallway because I was missing a class, uh, but I was just so completely overwhelmed um, the first time I walked into a classroom that large. Um, so I went there pre-med, that was about a half a semester. And then um, I was actually broadcast journalism for a while because I love to write. Um, but I was also working. So a lot of the broadcast journalism is being available for so many sport university things going on. Uh, and I, I didn't have the time for that because I was trying to work as well and put myself through college and support myself. So that just didn't really work out. Um, and during that time I I was working at Coney Island on the strip in Stillwater and, um, someone had told me that Petco was hiring for bathers. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, I'd, I'd love to bathe dogs. Like, okay, like, let's try that. Um, and they're, they're a college town, so the high turnover. And so I did that for about uh, four or five months. And they were like, well, do you want to be a groomer? Um, and at that time, I was like, I don't, I don't know if I can do that. Like, I'm watching these dogs wiggle around, sharp objects. Like, they're screaming. I'm like, I don't, I don't really know if I'm cut out for that. Um, but, I, I mean, I did it. I went through the training. Um, and so I started in October of 2009. And then... Uh, I decided then to change to animal science business. Um, corporate is a completely different world when it comes to grooming. Um, it's an unregulated industry. So corporate has a lot of rules, uh, but you don't have to pass an exam or have anything fancy to be a dog groomer, which makes it really hard sometimes. Um, I feel like we've been fighting for years for people to take us seriously, to understand that we do, we can continue our education. You know, we can do seminars. Um, all of my staff is CPR trained on dogs. Um, you know, we, we learn anything and everything we can, but there's no actual certification. Um, so uh, I, I, I can remember standing in the middle of Petco and saying, this isn't what I want for myself. This isn't what I want for my employees. Um, you know, you're kind of just a number it, it was just, it was a lot. And so I, I, right then and there, I decided one day I wanted my own shop. Um, and it, it was quite a while after that, that I did another six, seven years before I did it, but I finally went out and did it. So I, I opened my own shop, um, in 2015. So I was 25. So I got the chills right now. I love when that happens <laughs> because it, uh, anybody who knows me or anybody that listens to the show, and I don't know if you follow me yet. or we do follow each other. We haven't gotten to know each other that well, though. But when I get the chills, I start getting all giddy because it's like, <laughs> I don't know. It feels like God just laid his hand, like spirits or worse, you know, whatever word works for you. But it just gives me the goosebumps because it excites me. But I got excited because you started talking about business and you started. This is my my jam. I've been an <laughs> entrepreneur since I was eight fucking years old. <laughs> OK. And it's really funny because like. Deep down, like, if you were able to kind of hindsight 2020 look back, do you feel like you've always had, like, this entrepreneur spirit? Spirit. I've always had the drive. Um, <laughs> I'm always, I can't sit still. I'm kind of always that person, like, trying to, like, make it better. Um, hmm. 
of a, like, if we're not improving our lives in some form or fashion, what are we really doing? Um, so I don't know that I've always had the mindset after running this business. I do feel like maybe I always have, um, I just didn't have a way to channel it or yeah. understand. So. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause you had the building blocks, just didn't realize it. And it comes out through leadership and entrepreneurship. And that's what got me excited because you talked about, it was many years after, you know, I decided that like, this isn't the way shit should be run that I want, but you had that idea. Yeah. And then I'm curious because, you know, especially if you have, I mean, essentially you have like, you're, you can't do this shit online. You can have a presence online, but you have to have essentially like brick and mortar, like old fashioned style business, which is even harder. Right. So I would love for you to share with people. And this is why I got so excited because <clears throat> I preach and I preach and I preach to my clients or just through my social media, through my content in general, that this shit is not easy, but that if you make the decision that you can do it, you can fucking do it. It's everything else is an excuse. So why I got so excited and it's happening again, I'm getting chill bumps is because people need to hear that you can work. I mean, you can work three or four jobs and still be building a business. If you yeah. really, really want to make a change. And it sounds like you have a little bit of the mindset that I had whenever I was in corporate America. And that's that this shit isn't right. One, the way for me, at least, and your, your situation will be a little bit different, but like you're talking about the unregulations and stuff, not it, not being a super regulated industry. But like for me, it was you're treating people like garbage, like you don't give a fuck if they have time with their family. Like I was let go a week before Thanksgiving after being stolen away from a, like I was making good money um, just to be let go a week before Thanksgiving, like. It seems like in corporate America, and I know it's not every company or every position <clears throat> or every employer, but that feeling of just indis like being disposable and then just being another number, like you mentioned, it really, really pushed me to be an entrepreneur. And I see that in you. And so I'd love for you to share with everybody now that I'm done ranting and raving. That obviously brought up some emotions for me. <laughs> but share with them how you did it. Like, were you working and building the business or like, how did you get to the point that you're at now? Cause now you're a full-time entrepreneur, right? Yeah. So, um, it's actually interesting how I did get started. Um, I, so I, uh, I actually ended up losing my job at Petco. Um, kind of what you're talking about being just a number. Uh, I mean, I, I was habitually late for quite some time and they, they never really said anything. And then one day they pull me aside and they're like, Hey, you know, you've been kind of late. This is a big deal. And I'm like, Oh, you know, shoot, I'm sorry. Like I'll fix that. Um, my bad. Uh, and then, um, there was just a lot of bad blood there. I mean, I worked with a lot of my friends and, um, if certain managers weren't there, like, and he didn't show it, like we go wake him up. Like it, it was such a carefree environment until they sat me down and said that I was a problem. And I was kind of like, well, hold on. Like, everyone does it. Is that just because it's everyone's favorite employee that he gets to do that? Like I always show up. You never had to come wake me up. You know, it's just, so anyway, long story short, I got fired. And it was really, really hard for me because I'm not a quitter. I don't feel like I'm ever a person that gets fired. Um, I was very angry. Uh, and so I actually went and worked and um, bartended until I finished college. Um, and at that time I had a shed in my backyard. Uh, and so I was just grooming dogs out of the shed in the backyard here and there. Um, and I bought a table and I would just kind of do it here and there when I could on the side. Uh, and then I graduated college and, um, 
my ex-husband at the time was driving down a random road in Guthrie and saw that they were hiring or there was a kennel. And he was like, just call and see if they need a groomer. And I was like, no, if they're there, they already have a groomer. I'm not going to call. So I ended up calling and the lady there actually said that she was trying to retire. She didn't want to do it anymore. Um, And so I ended up working there. Well, this wasn't a corporate situation, but this lady was awful. I mean, she treated me terribly and I stayed for about four years. Um, And just, I I know people say things, but just to give a little perspective, there was tornadoes. We're in Oklahoma. Uh, there's big storms coming. And she literally told me and the guy that lives on the property, I'm going to get in my storm shelter with my dogs. Don't come knocking. I won't let you in. Like as the weather is coming towards us. And so it, it just a little bit perspective on who this woman was. Um, it wasn't a lot of fun, but I put up with her bullshit for some years. So um, at that time, she was only open certain hours. I had groomed for a, a girl that had a doodle um, that I had known. I think I had dated her brother in like early college years or whatever. And so she started posting on a doodle group, an Oklahoma doodle group, like about my grooming. Well, I couldn't have them coming all the way to Guthrie uh, for the Metro. A lot of these people lived in Edmond or Oklahoma city. And so I decided I would just go to them. If my whole idea was to break the barrier of mistrust between groomers and people, which is kind of what the unregulation has been fighting. Um, we are professionals, you know, we do know what we're doing. We want you to trust us. Why don't I just go do it in the kitchen? And so I did. And so for, um, three of those four years I worked there, I would, uh, leave there about two or three o'clock and then I would go to three or four homes after. Um, and it was all word of mouth. I always felt safe. It was always somebody, you know, like referring me to someone else. Um, I, I held these people's babies while I groomed their dogs, like their kids helped me. And I built really strong relationship with these people. Um, and I wasn't always very brave, uh, branching out on my own scared the ever loving shit out of me. I did not think I was capable of doing that. It seemed like so much, um, you know, how do you, sign a contract for rent for three years. If you don't know, um, I even tried to go back to school. Uh, I tried to go get an accounting degree and, uh, right about that time, like the slowdown that normally happens, it didn't slow down. And so I just kept running. Um, and so I, I opened it and I didn't expect to be a leader. I just thought I was going to groom my dogs, um, you know, hire in some contract work, for grooming. I just, I thought it was just going to kind of happen that way. Everybody could just kind of be cool. And I I wasn't ever supposed to be what it is now. Um, so I started, I was doing like 14 dogs a day with a bather, uh, and it just, it didn't stop. I couldn't keep up. I hired somebody, uh, in September of the same, I opened in May and I hired somebody in September. Um, and again, it just kept going and going and going and we could not keep up. But in the beginning, you know, you're kind of scared, like paying rent, paying bills, you're just taking everything you can. Um, and exponentially, like it has not stopped. Uh, we average 40 to 55 dogs a day. Um, I have 11 people on my staff. Like it's just year over year. Uh, and the, and the, it's not easy. That's, this sounds like this went really smoothly for me, but what people don't see in the middle is, is the hiring and the firing and the people that leave and break your heart. And, um, they'll do dirty things to you and then they'll have dirty things to say about you because, you know, you're still successful sitting here and they did bad things. So they want people to think that you're bad. And it's just, 
the social media. And if you do do something wrong, people take to it and they will try to run your name through the mud. And I, I hated grooming in people's houses. It was hard. I was tired. I would get up at seven o'clock in the morning, run to seven o'clock at night and I would be exhausted. But I built such a strong foundation that even when, you know, the things would happen on social media or somebody would try to say something, I would literally have these, these, I call them my OG clients um, that would come forward and say, absolutely not. That's not what happened. Marie would never do that. Um, and I do feel like I've had such mad support from these people over the years um, that they became my friends. Like they're not just my clients. They are my friends. Like, Hey, let's take the kids to go play. Like, let's, you know, want to catch a movie. You want to grab a drink? You know, it's, it, it is so hard. And there's many nights that I've laid in bed crying. Um, there's, you know, comments that have kept me awake at night, but I feel like I finally gotten to a point, um, that we can start being more picky and choosy about who we do work for. Um, you know, we are so busy. We have a wait list. Um, I've started firing people. Uh, if they treat us disrespectfully, um, you know, I'll send them a text and just say, you know what, it's not a good fit here anymore. Um, I've always been great about standing up for my employees, but standing up for myself has always been a little bit harder. Uh, but I think everyone thinks like, oh, let's run a business. It's so much fun. You know, it's, it, it is gratifying, but I, I'm not going to lie. There's times that I sit down and have to remind myself why I'm doing this. Do I really want to do this? Um, I mean, there's times I really have to think about it, but I really don't think I belong anywhere else at this point. Oh man. That (laughs) it is. Well, it's, well, I mean, that's the quickest way you could have ever condensed it because it's, it's hard. Like first off mad props. (laughs) Oh, Oh God. Because just in the online space, like it's, so I've freelanced for a number of years. I've always been into marketing. I've always like when the internet came out, I was like on Yahoo chat rooms, like connecting to dial up, took 30 minutes, but I wanted to talk to my new friend in New Zealand kind of shit, like playing pool and solitaire with people across the country. Like I've always been obsessed with the internet, but I've never had the opportunity or I guess really wanted to have something like that. That's so hands-on and brick and mortar. Um, Because it is like, it's got to be a lot of work. It's got to be a lot of work. Some of these dogs are 90 pounds and they'll thrash and they'll throw you around and you have to smile through it and try to teach them that it's okay. Or, <laughs> I mean, it's it, not even the, you know, there's the business aspect, but being a groomer is not an easy job. Uh, it's horrible sometimes. I mean, you'll get your ass straight up kicked by a large dog. Um, you know, I'll, I'll have somebody come out of the bathing room and they're just, they're soaked and you can just tell like that, that it'll just whoop somebody's ass, you know, and you're like, Hey man, you good? Like you want to break? Like, and the parents pick them up and they're like, oh, my fluffy baby. And like, yes, they are. But like, holy crap. Like, that's a lot. Yeah. No, I have trouble bathing like our one-year-old and four-year-old. I don't, <laughs> I don't think I can handle all that. <clears throat> but your journey so far, like, I, f- I resonate with it first off. Just the, it, it is, it's such an incredibly hard experience. But I was, t- I was thinking about this the other day. I was probably listening to a podcast or something. Uh, but the thing, the messages keeps coming back to me is I love how you're like, this shit's not easy. And I feel like giving up some days because it, it really is that way. Y'all people listening. If you are an entrepreneur, you know, like one, it's extremely hard, but two, it's also like the most expensive hobby, <laughs> like the amount of money you have to put, like feed the beast to keep it going. So that's also stressful. Um, and it does, it takes a toll on your mental health as well. 
So I want to talk about that. I know that was one of the, the topics that you felt comfortable talking about. But like I said in the beginning of the show, like I I consider myself, I realized this the other day, that I've been an entrepreneur since I was about eight years old. Um, I remember wanting to get my mother something for Mother's Day. And how was I going to do it? So I went and I set up it down south. You know, you've heard of lemonade stands, but down south it's Kool-Aid stands. We drink Kool-Aid. <laughs> so I had a Kool-Aid stand. And I, I don't know why I remember this number. It was around $40, though, is what I raised. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm balling. Yeah. Then I walked. I don't know how far I walked, but I walked to go buy her something. And then from there on out, like, I'd clean houses and I'd babysit and So there are some people who I think are just natural born leaders and are meant to be bosses. Um, Obviously, you're one of those. But I just want to relay to everybody listening that it's not easy. (laughs) But I think it is so worth it. If that's like if you feel called and led for something more than just being stuck before, like between four walls and like working for somebody else and working to fulfill their dreams and fill their pockets it's hard, but the journey, it's like so fucking rewarding. Is it not? Oh yeah. I mean, it, it is. I'm, I'm 31 and I, I have what I would argue is the largest volume grooming shop in the state of Oklahoma. That's not a corporate salon. I don't know of anyone that does what we do, um, in, in a day. So do you think, and this is just the bit because I, business and marketing coaching is, is my thing. Um, do you think that you will get to the point or maybe you're, maybe you have thought about it. I don't know to where you'll scale and kind of delegate more and take a step back and kind of just run the company. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of always been the goal. Um, I loved grooming. I am a high volume groomer. I am somebody that can do 10 dogs a day with a bather. Um, it's, I'm, I'm just that person that can't stop moving. Uh, and I think that that funnels itself into my work as well. I'm a very quick groomer. Um, my attention span in ADD like makes me finish a dog faster. <laughs> it's just, I can't take my time. Um, but my hands are starting to hurt. Um, I have carpal tunnel in both hands. Um, for years I didn't have help. So I was bending over bathtubs, you know, I can feel it in my back, my shoulders. I do try to work out, keep myself healthy, but, um, you know, my shoulders starting to hurt a little bit. There's just all these things that are starting to come together. So, um, the last year, has, has really been me trying to work towards delegating more. Um, I took two of my, my groomers and I said, Hey, you know what? Now you're managers. Like, this is your job. This is your job. Um, when I'm not here, you know, this, you you can't just groom your dogs. You kind of have to embody the idea. Um, my leadership was, it was kind of based on just being the example, um, showing them what that looked like. And then when things did go South or something, I would have to make a rule. Um, and, you know, find a way to motivate them or get them to understand reasons for why the things are. And I think like, I finally reached a point where I've gotten my entire staff to embody that. Um, I feel very powerful with who I have on my team right now. Um, I'm training, um, I'm training one of my bathers. Uh, we're going to start training him. And then in theory, I can step back to three to four dogs and just manage, um, or, or manage. And then, you know, as those filter out, cause I've been grooming some of these dogs for eight or nine years. And so unfortunately they are starting to pass away. They are getting sick. Um, and so as that happens, I just don't replace them on my schedule. Um, and a lot of people don't understand that. Uh, I want Marie to groom my dog. Well, I can't groom 26 dogs a day. 
I can't, but I, I have staff that I believe right now is even more talented than I am. Um, that, I mean, I have so much talent sitting in there doing things that I couldn't even do. So I'm just trying to teach people like, no, you know, I have to be able to step back. And again, it's, it's mental health. Um, the last year I started taking a lunch break to go to the gym, uh, to, to use that time, like to, to break up the monotony, to go clear my head. And, um, my employees even ask sometimes, they're like, are you going to the gym today? And I'm like, yeah, probably like, you know what? Yeah, I'll go at noon. Um, that's kind of been like, I've, I've had to, um, cause it, it does, it is such a toll on mental health. Um, and I don't, I don't know if I mentioned, but, um, at some point in here, like I also left my husband, um, he wasn't helping me. I asked for help. We had a child. Um, and I just said, if I'm going to do this myself, I'm going to go do it myself. And that was two and a half years ago. And so honestly, what should have slowed me down just made me more like, no, I'm not going to quit. This is mine. This is my dream. I'm pushing forward, but I did have to listen to my mental health. I did have to kind of sit down and, and find things that can get me through those hard days or, you know, delegate when I needed to, um, which, which is hard, you know, it's, you don't want to sit still, like you kind of want to be involved, but you do have to take a step back and say, Hey, maybe I need to go away for a weekend or something like that. But it's also, you know, giving up that, that little bit of control you have sometimes. <laughs> so oh, it, on, uh, entrepreneurs are very much control freaks. Okay. Yeah. We're perfectionists. A lot of us are perfectionists and we're just used to being in control. Like it's your baby. You built it like from the ground up. It's really hard to trust somebody, but also, you know, going back to that subject of like mental health, there's only so much a person can do, you know? And at some point we have to like believe it it goes back to that, that leap of faith. Like you were mentioning, like signing a lease when you don't really know if you're going to have the money, just taking that leap of faith and having that trust in yourself to just see what happens because when you put your feet to the fire, you can do incredible shit. Yeah. We don't give ourselves enough power. Like your divorce, it empowered you. I went through the same thing. I think we're spirit animals. It was, <laughs> I, I should have been, I mean, and I was upset about it. Um, but it turned out like, I, it finally clicked for me. This is like for the best. And I, I'll never forget. I was Staying in my at my mom's house had really I mean I all I had all my furniture packed in her garage didn't know what I was gonna do, but I and I I never thought I'd sell cars or do any dumb shit like that. But when it came down to it, I'm like, but do I want? How long do I want to stay in my mom's house? I don't want to live with my mom. I'm 30. I'm in you know my 30s. I don't want to do the shit. Went and sold cars. It, everybody even was like, how in the hell did in like a month and a half you come up with all this money, find a house? I moved in that house myself, like my king size bed, moved it into my house myself. Like I, you make it work. Like I borrowed a truck from the dealership. I did this. I sold this. Like I did everything I needed to do. Cause when your feet are the fire and when you want something enough, right, you make shit happen. Like it goes back to me saying everything else is an excuse. People give their power away entirely too much, entirely too I much. I just don't think enough people like empower. It's so easy to make excuses. Yeah. It's so to say I'm tired and I don't want to do that. And I think just from the very beginning, I always had a strong vision. And in my heart of hearts, I'm a very cheesy person. I love the the cheesy part of it. You know, I had a dream and I chased it. Um, and, and I tell people, if you've got a dream, go for it. They're not going to like dreams don't chase you back. Like you've got to go and you've got to grind and you've got to work really, really hard to do it if you want it. 
And I also think my daughter just turned four in March. And I think that I wasn't that person that needed to have children. I wasn't like, oh, babies, babies. Um, and the very, like, uh, you know, postpartum is a real thing. Um, the first year of her life was so incredibly hard for me. Um, and then once, you know, I, honestly, like once my divorce happened, I was able, I felt like I was able to bond with her better. And this whole time in the back of my head, she's watching. Um, and I get, I get really emotional about that because, um, you know, I was, I wasn't that person that needed to have kids, but if I was going to do it, I wanted to do it the best way that I could. I wanted her to grow up happy and proud of herself with, you know, ambition and, you know, just strong ideals. Um, I, I bit my nails for 21 years. Uh, and when I got pregnant, I said, I don't ever want her to see that. So I, I go every two weeks, keep them done. Don't touch them. Uh, because I didn't want her to bite her nails. And, and that's just a small example, but she's watching. I know she's watching. Um, and that's always been such a big deal to me. Um, I'll actually show you, uh, while I don't get along with my ex-husband every holiday, you know, I'll take Josie, like, Hey, let's pick out something for daddy. And 100%, you know, she'll just walk down those aisles and pick out whatever she finds. Um, and mother's day brought an array of items, but, um, my four-year-old picked this out of a store and said, mommy needs that. And I think I've cried about it for like three days. That is so sweet. And that right there solidifies that she's like, she's absorbing everything. Yeah. 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 And she'll come up to me and be like, mommy, look at my muscles. You know, I, I try to go to the gym. There's a gym daycare. I take her with me. Yeah. And I let her see like what a, a healthy lifestyle looks like. Um, you know, we eat blueberries and fruit, you know, obviously we still eat Cheetos and stuff, but <laughs> they are watching. And I do think that she is a strong little girl. Like she's, she's kind, she's sweet. She understands work. She sounds hum humble too. Yeah. Yeah. And at four, you know, she's already showing signs that I feel like I'm doing something right. You are. Yeah. I had, you, you made me emotional for a minute, especially with the trophy. Oh, um, I, three days. Like the longer I thought about it, the more it just hit me and hit me. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, those days that you feel like you're just not getting through or maybe I didn't play with them enough or, you know, I was so tired. I let them watch the iPad and then, mm -hmm. you know, something comes back and you're like, okay, here we go. Like I'm, I'm doing something. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Um, I guess we should probably tell the listeners. She just held up a trophy and it's her daughter picked it out and it said, uh, girl power is what it said. Like how freaking cute is that? I was my 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 cheesy heart needed that I think yeah they have a way they they are watching they really are um but they have a way of especially your children like they're connected with you and they can sense your energy and I love that about my daughter um you made me think of her because I'll get text messages when she's like with her grandmother or she still goes to see her um I guess considered stepmom I mean I don't I don't know how else to describe her like her father's dead they're not together but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I... How do we, what do we call her <laughs> the other baby mama I don't know but um <laughs> she she'll text me when she's when they're together like they'll spend some time together once in a while and the text messages I get from from people when she's away from me like make me feel so good the way she speaks 
they always say how like respectful she is and how like mature and she'll help with her brothers and like all this stuff. And then somebody told me one day <laughs> that they were talking to her and I don't, I don't know the exact situation, but Finley, which is her name, Finley Gray, closed it out with no, 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 no. I'm a strong, independent woman. And I said, <laughs> so they're always, they are, they're always watching, you know, like even the way we speak about money, I have to watch myself because yeah. we, she and I were having the conversation the other day. Um, I told her, cause I just, I just made an investment, which I get really excited about investments, but I made an investment because I'm, I, my goal is passive income. I don't want to be working and grinding. I just don't. I want to, I found my husband on our like second half in life. Like we're each other's second, you know, marriage and he's nine years older than me. I don't want to work my whole life. So my goal is to have passive income, to travel the world, to do all the things we want to do because we didn't get the first 20 years together of our lives, you know, which would have been weird because there's a nine years difference. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I want to enjoy, really enjoy the time. Uh, and so I was telling her, I said, Finley, I made an investment. And she's like, well, what do you mean? And not for nine, she acts like a 30 year old. It's really funny. But uh, I was telling her about, you know, the e-commerce store that, that we're going to have. Uh, we have a whole team building it. And I say we because I want my children to get familiar with entrepreneurship and know that like college isn't the only way like you yeah. can make something of yourself. And so I include her in on these stories and I get her excited and I let her see the the progress and like and the way I speak about money. I don't we don't talk about not having it. We don't we just don't associate things, you know, negative emotions with people or Situate like we just really positive, 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 positive. Because I remember growing up and hearing only negative and thinking that the world was a bad place and thinking that, you know, like I can never have money, I'm not worthy of money. The rich are rich and we were just born to be poor type shit. So I anyway, say all this to say this. But I was telling her about that. <clears throat> and she goes, So you're saying that um we're gonna have a store and people can buy from it? And I said, Yeah. I was like, You can tell your friends and She's like, okay. And she goes, so this, does this mean that we're going to get to go to Disney World? <laughs> I said, well, yeah. I said, this is because I truly believe it's going to bring in like six figures on autopilot per year. And I'm like, yeah, I think so. She's like, okay. All right. I said, and I promise things are content. I said, don't you see things are continuously getting better? And she's like, yeah, because we've had, I mean, she's, she remembers the journey, like the divorce and her, all this stuff. And there's this one house and we call it the ladybug house. And I said, it, it, we, we've lived in some rundown places, you know, like I've slept on people's couches. She like, we were homeless at one point. And I remember saying like the ladybug house, you remember us being in the ladybug house. And then the next house we got, it was much better. And the next one's much better. I said, now look at our house. Like it's brand new. It's beautiful. Like never thought we'd be in the situation we're in. I said, we, I said, we used to be so poor and this is, I'm getting to all this. From the statement you said that they're watching, right? She goes, what do you mean we were ever poor? And she goes, we were never poor. So those moments like that, because she all she remembered was all of the movie nights, all of the us making hot cocoa, all of the like ramen noodles and like add like I found ways to make ramen noodles good. Like I'd add peas and I'd add, you know, vegetables and like spruce it up like she doesn't remember any of the me crying not knowing how we're gonna make it like fucking looking into food banks she doesn't remember any of that yeah and it sounds like 
your your kid has a lot of wisdom and she's ah oh, I just I'm getting emotional Marie I'm sorry but you just brought something out <laughs> yeah yeah so I, mean, I, I still love ramen noodles I grew up pretty poor and I so every now and then on a Sunday you're like oh, do I ramen noodles and you're like yeah yeah I do definitely they mostly appeal to me when I'm sick. <laughs> The broth, because I like broth in my pe- they're they're the dry ramen noodle people, and then they're the ones that like them soupy. And I'm a yeah. I want the broth, the soup. Give me the soup, right? You too. <laughs> but you have to ask yourself, like, how much sodium have I had this week? Well, and uh, how long is my belly gonna hurt? And is it worth it? <laughs> oh, they bloat you like a motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think about that while they're going down, though. Oh, that's so funny that, that you, <laughs> there's just so many similarities. So, um, we talked about mental health. We talked about, you know, your journey on entrepreneurship. I did not realize how big you are when we first like talked and like, oh, she's another groomer. If I'm being, <laughs> cause there's so, everybody wants to be a groomer. It seems like, like there's groomers everywhere. There is a massive shortage right now. Um, the, the biggest problem for me is uh, there's some some local groomers here, phenomenally talented. They've grown up in this industry. They've been doing it for, you know, 25 years. Um, but the, the fear of mine is because it is unregulated um, for so long, we haven't been doing things the right way. Um, and so, you know, I did have a little bit of a business degree and I wanted to make sure that I was using every bit of that towards my business. Um so if something does happen or the IRS comes, like all my stuff's in line. Um, but when COVID hit, there were so many groomers that couldn't take care of their employees. Um, everybody was trying to push through the SBA loans. You know, they were they were forgivable because uh, we had to shut down for five, six weeks. Um, and so all my paperwork was there. I literally pushed it over to the bank. It was ran through. I was approved within three days. And so um, my employees were paid an average of what their paychecks would be for all five weeks. Um, and so it just, that's just an example of uh, they're just not, I don't feel like the business part is taught. There's people that are groomers for 30 years and they can never retire. And that's not, that's not the idea. Like, um, you know, obviously everything's going up in price. We've had to increase prices to try to keep up all of our supplies some things we can't even get right now. And some people will kind of fight us back on it while they're dropping off their dog in a Lexus. And they're like, oh, well, this is ridiculous. Like this price is going up. And um, I, like, I, I just kind of got to the point where I'm really crass with them. I'm like, are you retired? And they're like, yeah. And I said, well, I want to retire one day too. The price of everything is going up. You know, we're not being unreasonable. Your dog is still, well, I've been coming here for six years. And I said, yeah. And you've had a wonderful six years here, haven't you? Your dog's always been well cared for. We've always done what you wanted. And you're telling me that you don't want to pay it. That's fine. Like, I got a wait list. Like, you can go. But we deserve retirement, too. We deserve to live comfortably. We deserve vacations. Um, and, like, you just have to fight for that. That's it's one. Of, I feel like it's one of the few industries that people for a long time just didn't respect. Um, and, and for good reason. Again, you know, it used to be that people were smoking a cigarette while they were grooming your dogs. Um, now I won't even hire people that smoke because I do not want that smell anywhere near the dogs or the salon or anything like that. Um, but I mean, you just, you just got to fight for it. (laughs) Amen. Amen. So I feel that this apply, like it, it just applies to everything. I, I love that you're setting boundaries is the big thing. And a lot of 
business owners, myself included, um, don't understand the boundaries and don't understand that you don't need to essentially sell your soul. Like there are the right soul aligned clients out there who will respect you and you need to know your worth and be able to say, look, no, this isn't, if, if you can't respect my boundaries, if you can't respect my prices, then we're just not meant to work together. And that's okay. You know, so-and-so down the street can take care of you. That's fine. Well, and that's kind of where it goes back to the mental health. I had to. Yeah. I found it. Um, you know, we, we recently enforce, you know, late fees. If you're running late, just give us a call. But like the no show, the no, like the no shows, the running 30, 45 minutes late. No, we can't do that anymore. I'm sitting there waiting on you. Then my groomers are upset. Then that falls back on me. We have to set these boundaries. If you're coming into my salon and I'm already like, here we go. I don't really, you know, like you, you said something that really offended me last. I don't want to do that anymore. We don't have to. I don't want that for myself. And I don't want that for my employees and my shop. The customer is not always right. And, and here's the thing. If, if we screw up a hundred percent, we will own that. Um, you know, accidents happen. We've taken care of some vet bills. 3000% we will make it right. But for the, everyone in between that just has really stupid things to complain about, we don't have to do it anymore. Oh, would you say that louder for the people in the back? Literally, you have <laughs> your mental health. You mm-hmm. have to. I, I mean, I, I fired a girl, uh, a girl, I fired a client. Um, <laughs> my receptionist was up front and uh, the dog came out and it, the dog ran from her in the parking lot. And so she wrestles the dog in the parking lot and gets her inside. And my receptionist said, oh, someone's being a little snot this morning. She called later in the middle of my day. To, and I, I have a potty mouth. I, I do it all the time. It's just how I express myself. She called and stopped my work in the middle of the day to say um, she was offended that she called her dog a little snot. Um, you know, she would never say that about anyone's dog or any person. Um, and I was just like, man, you should really hear what I call my daughter, you know, when she's being a total turd, like just, I was like, you're literally caught. Like, I was like, did she cuss? And she was like, no, I was like, no profanities. She was like, no, absolutely not. I said, I don't think this is going to work out. Like, I can't, I can't wait for the day that my dog does something in the front and I'm like, Hey, chaos, get over here. You know, it's not over snot. Really? No, we're, we're done here. If I can't tell you that your dog's being a little shit to your face, very honestly, which I wouldn't say that to just any client anyway, but if you're mad about snot, I really don't think it's going to work out. And she was like, really over that? And I was like, yeah, I just, I mean, it's not personal. I just don't think we're a good fit. I love that you said that. It's not personal. It's been, no, I, I hold no barriers toward this woman, but you know what? I don't think that my, the way that I interact with my customers, which is as honest as possible you know, if I need to tell you something, if I feel uncomfortable trying to tell you something because I need to find the right words, mm-hmm. I don't I don't have time for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for normalizing boundaries. Boundaries are healthy as fuck. All right. Knowing your worth. Um, and I love, and this is what I see in you, is you don't have a scarcity mindset whatsoever. You're like, there are more, which I know it's probably a little bit easier for you because you're like, I, you physically see the wait list. But yeah. for a yeah, you put yourself through so much shit because you're afraid you don't. But now that we, I mean, it's taken, you know, two years for this confidence being build when I have people that are literally begging to come into my shop. Mm-hmm. I have people that have been waiting six months to try to get onto our list. And we'll try to filter them in as fast as we can, but they're knocking down my door and you're going to be an asshole to me for no reason. Yeah. No. Let you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I want to close it out with this. 
because I feel like this is a good spot. Um, but would you, based on your experience and where you are now, would you agree that, and this is mostly for the listeners, that it's better, you know, I think that what you figured out is protecting your energy is the big thing. How to protect your energy, which affects your mental health. Um, and I know that a lot of people, especially when it comes to like being your own boss, we've already said this a million times, it's really hard. But I think that listeners need to realize that when you hold so much space for unaligned relationships, unaligned clients, you're blocking the good stuff. But you're also showing, you're you're literally showing those people like it, how to respect you. So if you don't respect yourself, you don't respect your energy, you're sell, like you're you know selling your services out like like a I don't know like you're on the corner like just lowball like letting them lowball you speak to you however they want to you're giving you're letting them do that and when I, you, uh, oh, sorry and when you learn like first off you said confidence was built over two years right but I think you can tap into that confidence now if you really want to like just start really respecting yourself and show the people how to respect you so I love that you're normalizing boundaries because a lot of people are like scared to death of those we were raised by the generation that uh were people pleasers you got to work so hard for your money you got to work i mean like all the time to make money like all this bullshit so i love that you're doing that i love that you're making yourself not super accessible would you agree that it seems like when you're not super accessible you attract the right kind of people that absolutely absolutely um the, the quote that sticks with me recently um, is uh, tolerance is just treating uh, showing people how to treat you. Uh, and I, I carry that with me every day now. Uh, you know, the relationships I've been in and the clients, um, to me, that kind of all ties into one. You know, I've lost clients, I've lost friends, I've lost, you know, my ex-husband. Tolerance is, is teaching people how to treat you. And I think if you embody that and remind yourself of that, I mean, you, you, do, you have to. You have to. Yes. Kind of like she was saying in the beginning, you know, going after your dreams, making that shit happen. Well, you have to demand the respect. You have to, I mean, you, it all starts with you pretty much. Nobody's coming to save you. Nobody's going to like show up and treat you the way, like you have to treat yourself the way you want to be treated. Love yourself. You have to go after your dreams. You got to make shit happen on your own is overall what I've gathered from this whole conversation. And I love that. I don't know. You are the embodiment of unapologetic and authentic um you're just like one of the realest people i've met on this show so far i try to be i mean if anything else you have to work at it yeah i mean i i, I have a running t-shirt on and I, i'm sitting crisscross applesauce like you're i'm talking to a best friend because that's hold on that's, hold on hold on hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> this is the video i'm gonna have to show this video hold on oh shit i don't know if you can see it with okay damn it do you see how i'm sitting <laughs> Do you see my shirt? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got it. Well, earlier, my hair was parted down the middle and everything. You still see the part. Anyway, it's freaking me out how much alike we are. But I, I, I just love how down to earth you are. Uh, it's just awesome. This has been great. Absolutely great. I'm so happy for all your success. And I love how you're learning to balance the masculine and the feminine energy. And I know that delegating it has to be hard. I'm not to that level of success yet. But I already think about how difficult it's going to be for me to, like, hand my business over. You know what I mean? And just, like, show up in my energy, which is seems like that's where you're headed right now. 
And it it's so fucking exciting to see that because you deserve all that success. And I, I hope that you go easy on yourself because it's, I think it's, it's feeling like it's time for you to take a step back and kind of enjoy all the hard work and reap the benefits of your hard labors, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So. Well, any uh, like for success, thank you. You know, like there's never a moment where I'm not like, oh, you see me. <laughs> You got to say that one more time and I'll go back and edit it because it cut out. Oh no. I, I just uh, thank, thank you so much. Like for anytime someone says like, I'm proud of you or like your success is amazing. You know, it's, uh, there's never a moment where I don't stop and like, you know, my little heart, I'm like, oh, thank you. Like you see me, you, you seen just being seen and recognized for, you know, what I have done over the last six years in the business is just I, like, I'll still cry about it. Like I'll, I'll wake up and, you know, there's the days you, you don't want to do anymore. And then there's the days where you're like, wow, like I did that. And it feels really good today. <laughs> but Yeah. Because I mean, just like I said, entrepreneur since eight. And it, the craziest thing about this is that you go, you fail so many times. I'm just now, I'm 33. I'm just now succeeding. So from eight years old to 33, like it can take that long. Um, so to see how quickly you have achieve the success is one super inspirational because it shows that it can be done. And then the fact that you were just so blatantly honest about like your mental health and how this can, this, this has fucked you up and you're making sure that it doesn't fuck you up and like figuring it all out. I love that you're so honest about that. Um, that you're just, I don't know. I've enjoyed this talk, but I guess what I was getting at was, I know what you mean. Cause you get so caught up in like the hustle and the bustle, you know, of the whole journey. And then when somebody brings it back to your attention, like shit, you know what? I am kind of a badass. I did all of that. I did all that. I'm doing all this. Like I got employees. It kind of brings you back to square one and makes, yep. brings the humility back into it a little bit. So I see you. And now I'm going to like be stalking the fuck out of you. Uh, I'm about to tag you in a story on Instagram. Cause I was over here like all sneakily recording. I don't, I don't think you saw that, but um, I'm excited to see where the rest of your journey goes. And I hope, I hope that everybody got something from this. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, I mean, my, my standard poodle is colored in a Pegasus. If you want to check that out on, on Facebook or Instagram, it's always a fun conversation starter for people. So, <laughs> so what are, what are all your, you said your state, what did you say? Your standard poodle? Yeah, yeah, she's completely colored right now. <gasps> so yeah, we're cool. not boring groomers. We do a lot of creative work as well. Um, we're really trying to get more into that, but we have a couple of standard poodles that stay absolutely phenomenal for the most part. <laughs> that is so fucking cool. Okay, so where can everybody find you then? That's what I was forgetting. Posh uh, Groomer on Instagram, but that's mostly just my personal. Um, we do have, um, I believe it's I actually delegating. Um, one of my employees runs my Instagram for the business for me. And I believe it's Posh Edmund. Um, let me double check that real quick. Uh, and then, you know, we have our Facebook, which is Posh LLC. Um, P-A-W-S-H for listeners. Yes, it's just Posh Edmund. Um, but yeah, try to post on there and, and keep up with it as much as we possibly can. We post a lot of pictures on our Facebook page as well. So I always tell people, even if you don't have a dog, even if you can't get in, if you want to see funny, cute pictures, we try to keep it real. 
um you know one of my groomers literally got shit on her arm one day and we were like why does it cost more to get your dog groomed like we really try to to keep it as real as possible with people when we can so I think it's a lot of fun like you know you listen to this and you're like oh that sounds cool I think it's a fun page we try to keep up with it um we did giveaways this last week for our anniversary so it's just a lot of fun oh shit on the arm yeah I'm gonna go follow in a minute I gotta see this uh exhibit a this is this is what you're paying for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll include all those links uh, in, in the show notes. And I just want to say thank you so much for your time. Thank you no, so much for sharing it with me, sharing your story. I look forward to getting to know you more. Um, yeah. And it's been awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, it's it seems so silly that someone even wants to talk to me and hear my story. Um I bumped into the door on my way in here. Um, so like, it's, it's just cool that somebody even wants to hear it and, and does understand that, you know, everyone does have a story that can be beneficial to someone else. Yeah. The goal here is to, because I, I don't know if you can hear my baby crying in the background. A lot of my podcasts, like you can hear my son crying because he's, I call him a titty baby and he is, he is the epitome of a titty baby. He wants to nurse all the time. He's a little, he's my last baby too. So like I hold him real close to me, but, uh, it kills me when people say stuff like that. Like we were just having, talk, having that talk a moment ago. And at the end of podcast episodes, I'll get comments like that from, you know, beautiful women like you. And just somebody wants to hear my story and just what you're doing is amazing. And this platform, and I'm like, y'all, I'm fucking sitting in my bedroom. My desk is my bed right now. You're like, you are sitting on my bed. I'm looking at my headboard. And I'm like, half the time I don't have pants on. Okay. And like, <laughs> my baby's screaming in the background, but it brings you back to like, oh, yeah, doing something here. And it's a really good feeling. So, um, but I, I cannot thank you enough. I, I really want to stay connected with you. I feel like we'd be friends in real life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been listening to your podcast when I go running. So are you shitting me? Yeah. I started listening. To, I, uh, I, you know, run two, three miles at a time. I, I started listening to podcasts and then, um, yeah. once I, on there i started following on there too so i think i'm on three right now but yeah i've been following oh podcasts are the best it's where i get like all my information now it's so good so good especially when you're in the hustle and bustle of things mom mode you know yeah all right girl it's been so good so 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 good and <laughs> I'll, I'll catch you later this isn't like we're not just we're not gonna never talk again so yeah like we we really connected <laughs> i think so i think so so Thank you, and I will talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye, Marie.